This show is brought to you by Made by Super. Hiring a design studio is more necessary than you think. Your brand is important, and how it's represented shouldn't be phoned in. Whether it's your logo, website, messaging, online ads, environment, graphic design, or social media, you need professionals, thinkers, advocates for your brand, people that will make you look good. It will make a difference. Trust me. Go to madebysuper.com and hire great designers to get to work for you on your brand. Also brought to you by Age Old Trade Design, LA's premier hospitality design firm. Hey guys, Adam Shapiro is my guest today. You know Adam from his roles in so many movies, movies like The Female Brain, Steve Jobs, and Now You See Me, to name a few. He's also done a ton of TV. You may recognize him from Grace and Frankie or The Affair or that Netflix show Sense8 or Kingdom. He's got a few indies coming out soon, and he just made his Broadway debut as Ogie in the musical Waitress. Enjoy. It is a skeleton. Discover where the bones go. What I need for my life, I am drawn to create the play. And you must use the play. You must use it. It's, it's intense. I get it. It's the best. Um, it's the best. Uh, okay, let's. I just. Wow, we're just sitting here talking about show. being parents. How I know, weird because, is that? But because, because like a year ago, and neither of us were talking about. Yeah, this. we would be just talking about acting craziness. We would just be talking about. I acting. would just be talking about my own bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do we know each other? We know each other. Uh, three dates into my dating, Katie. Katie Lowe's Katie is Lowe's your wife. Is my wife. Actress, beautiful woman. Beautiful, ex- amazing actor. Who we'll have here on the show. And she, um, we have been dating like, I think maybe like we had gone on like three or four dates. And then she is friends with this dude, Danny Goldstein. Who I know. Great theater director in New York, who yes. you know. Yes. And he had texted. Did you just say whom? I love that you did it. Right? Did you did it? it. That is grammatically I correct, but father. no one does I am it. My father's son. I know, but I'm so happy that you just did it. <laughs> like, you just were like, whom? Sure. Whom? That's, it's an object. Well, I'll so, take two right? steps It's back, an object. Is that sure. why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't know what the rule um, is. Anyway, it, just, so, it just comes natural. Yeah. Okay. But Danny Goldstein had texted Katie, you need to know Kat because. Uh, you guys went to NYU, yeah. but you didn't know each other from NYU. Yeah, I guess. We didn't Is that right? really know each other at NYU, no. So you invited us to come to a screening, I mean, a, a, a uh, taping. taping of Till Death. Right. And um, That was your thir- your guys' third date. Yeah, it was like our third or fourth but date. I had met Katie before then. Yeah, maybe, I think you had met. Because I had met, met her, her at Ammo. She was still working at Ammo. Right, right. Definitely met her at the restaurant. Her and um, Amy. Amy yep. and Amy. Oh, because Amy. Oh, was that? Did you guys come see the taping where Amy played like a small hostess no. part at the? No, this no. was just oh, that uh, was a different thing. I remember because Brad Garrett came out and was like, "Welcome everybody to the show. It's Hanukkah." Yeah. I, I I know you know what I'm talking about. And he like pointed at me, and I was like, "What the hell?" Wait, just because I look like yeah, I was like, "Wow, Garrett really." But I think it was because I smelled like latkes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everyone in that theater knew that I had just been making latkes, which I was. I was in this weird place with Katie where I was like, I feel like it's getting serious. And I just wanted to know that I'm like, we're going to make latkes. Like, we're going to make latkes. <laughs> I'm not going to like make it speak Hebrew, but like latkes are going to be like a, something life. I'm not going to compromise on. 
Wait, were you guys sitting in the bleachers? Or First were you guys row up of in the, the bleachers. But then did you come out? You came, you were in the dressing room, And then right? we came back to your dressing room. And it was, I remember it being really cool. Like you had like really funky, kind of like the room that we're sitting in right now. Yeah, you like I like, decorated. Yeah, you decorated it really nice. Anytime I've ever been on anything, well, I've never had my own that I could, I've always just been like recurring where they just stick you wherever you want. Right, right, right. Or like you have a trailer or something if you're recording. Yeah, or a trailer. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. the trailers are harder to kind of make your own yeah, unless like you you're like, like a on a lot in a trailer. You could like nail a, nail a yeah, frame Yeah, when, you, to the when wall. you do a sitcom, you have like, you have a, by the way, I'm, I'm clarifying this because, and I say this like almost every show, this is not a show for actors. <laughs> right. This is a show. These people. These this is a show for all the people. All the peoples. Right. So, well, that's one of my favorite things about sitcoms is like, it's a little bit more like theater in that like it all takes place inside. Everyone totally. has like their own room, not no trailers. Right. None of that Well, that's stuff. what I'm saying. Like for people who don't know that, yeah, like they should know that when you do a sitcom, you have a dressing room that's exactly. like a proper dressing room you unless come back you're like to. recurring on that sick and then they stick you in the like parking a trailer. Line, a trailer. <laughs> that's what i had on christella <laughs> um, it was good it was good okay so we know each other through so we know each other from that night and then Ga we became danny goldstein yeah yeah, yeah. yeah all that's of those we became friends. isn't that nice i know it really is and that was two, tw 10 years ago 12 that was, that was a while ago uh probably uh yeah like 11 years ago. yeah wowzers Wowzers, trousers. Okay, so when did you know that you were an actor? Like, what's your origin? Ooh, still story? trying to figure that out. To be like, honest. what? Like, did you do plays as a kid? Yeah, a little bit. Like in high school, I did. Um, you know, the musical that you just there's one a year, and you just can do that. We didn't have any straight plays. We just had like a musical every year. Yeah. And I was like always in the ensemble. Okay. I pretty much just did it because it was fun and because I never made the basketball Wait, team. Wait, why were you in? Because the basketball you... team and the play were at the same time. Okay, but why were you in? So, but you would have and preferred I... basketball. Oh, I auditioned for the basketball but team Jews every year. But Jews don't play basketball. First of all, I just said I auditioned <laughs> for the basketball team. So not only am I a Jew trying to play basketball, yeah. but I call tryouts auditions. By the way, I should say that I am Jewish, so I can joke like this. You can this. say that. I'm like a member of the tribe, so I can joke And you with should say that tribe. because this... Podcast is for all the people. All the not people is not just Jews. Not just Jews. <laughs> not just who are actor actors. Jews. Sure. So yeah, I didn't make the basketball team, and so I would always do the musical. And my mom was doing hair and makeup for the musical, so right. she was oh, going to be there anyway. Oh, she was. That's yeah, because she mom was. Did? She was the Spanish teacher at my junior high, and she did the hair and makeup for the musical. Yeah, that's so cute. So I would jump in there, be ensemble, and then I get all the way to senior year of high school, and I've played the ensemble background guy f since I was a kid. And then we we're going to do a musical called uh, Anything Goes, and no one in our high school could tap dance. So we kind of had to scrap it after the auditions. I think the director realized, like, we just don't have the talent to do right. Anything Goes. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just tap dancing just must not have been a big thing. In our, yeah. in our, uh, and so they switched the musical to Damn Yankees. Oh. And I ended up booking the, the yeah, Jerry Lewis perfect part for that. of The Devil. Mr. Applegate. Yeah. And I had like my, my first role ever in anything. And I just like freaking killed came it. Came to life. Came to life. And like I was getting like colleges were like offering me scholarships and <gasps> oh, stuff. It was crazy. How were they seeing the show? I oh, the, the, they were local colleges. I think 
just maybe because the show, your high school was big enough that yeah, they it was a big came. high school and there would be people from other college you know right. and I don't know I that's I, I never really thought about that like why would LaSalle like you got scouted like there? you got scouted for your role in Damn Yankees isn't that insane yeah but I just amazing. was like I'm not going to do that but that's well, but amazing that's kind of my question because per our convo on Sunday when you were talking about how you used to rock yourself to sleep listening to yeah. Phantom of the Opera oh my god that like, those were my real theater and also like now I know and also you just like start on Broadway like you have an amazing voice well, so how did how were you undiscovered till senior year I just didn't ever take it seriously and because like like I told you I used to like rock back and forth in bed to go to sleep and I would sing the entire time I was rocking right and that could be like two three hours yeah you had like an amazing voice but my Singing was always just like my own kind of thing. It was like not for it was not performative. It so was you'd just never like, like learned how to like audition. No, oh my god, no! I, I had no idea how to do anything. And so then people were like, "Oh well, he has talent, but he doesn't have a shit together. We'll just put him in the ensemble." Yeah, I don't even think they thought I had talent because the moment I would walk into the audition, I would just completely just be horrible. I mean, I, I don't know how to audition. <laughs> I didn't, you know, and then and then even after that, I was like, I'm not going to be an actor, and I'm pro- this will probably be the last musical I'll ever be in. And yeah. then I went to college to study politics, and I wanted to be a politician and work oh. in D.C. So okay, so great, I love this. Okay, yeah. so you were in Damn Yankees, you were like a total star, and you were like, but you know what? What am I doing? Like this isn't yeah, I this isn't realistic. For I wasn't even thinking if it was realistic or not. It just was not part of my. I was not thinking I was going to be an actor. Right. Just like not. it just like was not even on your no. radar as something. Like you for a second you didn't even consider it. No, not for a second. Okay, great. And so then you go. Where just did like you go I was just college? a dude in a high school musical, just like a million dudes in high school musicals right. across the country. Right. So I went to University of Maryland so I could be close to D.C. and work on Capitol Hill and get an internship at like a lobbying firm of like a something I really believed because that's what you'd always wanted to do. Yeah. Like with the ultimate goal being like, like to a be senator president, or something. a senator. Okay. Yeah. okay, I never thought president because I was like, they're not going to have a Jewish president. <laughs> <for Jews>. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we saw how it worked out for Bernie. Yeah, okay. but like I, I just like never even thought. I was like, well, there's no, there's no, there can't be a Jewish president. But like, I could totally be a senator. Oh, interesting. Um, and then I started studying politics and stuff like that. And then I met a bunch of people and did some comedy sketch shows. Just okay. for fun. Okay. And um, yeah, then all of a sudden, uh, the same kind of thing happened. I did a few comedy sketch shows, and then I started hearing from the University of Maryland Theater Department saying, like, you should come, you know, audition for some plays and take some classes here. And so did, and you did. And I did. Well, I tried to, but you have to, like, audition to get into the department in order to take any of the classes past acting one acting for non-majors and and so and so when i wanted i took the acting for non-majors class and then i wanted to take the acting two class and they're like well you have to be what was it about the acting for non-majors class that made you want to take the acting two class i really started getting into it like i don't know there was just something about it that that um it, it was never like it was always kind of like it was just intellectually curious about acting i was just very like fascinated by the 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 fact that there was like a there you could have a process and a system to get you there like uh, i always thought acting was just this like magical thing that like either people know how to do it or they don't know how to do it right. i didn't know that there was like you could study it and like learn different techniques and and um immerse yourself in theater and plays and watching other actors and all that kind of stuff so just from like a almost like a educational standpoint i was just like really into the acting class even though i wasn't good at it 
Now, what makes you say you weren't good at it, though? Um, I just was looking at the other people, and I'm like, oh, my God, these people are amazing. Like, they know what, no they're doing, what they're doing, and I don't yeah. Okay. So, so I get to, so they were like, well, you have to audition for the uh, these classes to get into them. You can't just sign up for them. Right. So I auditioned, didn't get in. And then I auditioned the next semester, and I didn't get in. Now I'm like a second semester junior. And I'm at this point. I'm like, I want to be an actor. Like, I they really like kind of denied you. They denied me. Like, they like twice. were like, come audition for us, and then you did. And they and were then like, there was this one guy no. who was like, no, no way. And I didn't know what I was doing. Like, everyone, the auditions were crazy. They were like, everyone sat at the edge of the room, and then when it was when you felt it was your time, you <laughs> jump up and do your audition. And like, I never felt like it was my time. <laughs> my time was when they were like, okay, I think everyone has gone other than you, sir. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. This must be my time. Um, but I didn't know where to find a monologue. I didn't know how to audition. Right. I, I was watching everybody get up there and say, hello, my name is blank. I'm going to be playing the role of blank in blank play written by blank playwright. Right. And you didn't even know you were like, supposed to do I don't that. even know any plays, let alone where I would get a monologue. Right. So I got up there and I was like, Hey, I'm Adam Shapiro. I'm going to be playing Ray Liotta's role in Goodfellas, right. written by Martin Scorsese. Right. <laughs> and it's like, first of all, Ray Liotta's role, really, right. say the character's name. Also, right. Scorsese didn't write it. Also, it's a movie. Right. Also, what are you doing? You know? Right. But I got up there and I was like, as far back as I can remember, uh, I yeah. always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah. There was me, Tommy, Vinny, Jimmy, two, so two times. But, and they were just like, I'm they sure, you, I, by the way, you definitely remember that me. monologue. You remember all of it, Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, well, it's right. also like the first lines of Goodfellas, which I watched sure, 7,000 yeah. right. But they um, probably thought I was like mocking the process, right, you know what I mean? And right, so they didn't right. let me in. Then the next year I was like, oh, I have to find a monologue. So I like went on the internet. God, why didn't they just tell you? I know. I went on the internet and found like some awful monologue that I found on the internet, you know, mm -hmm. monologues for men at mm -hmm. a certain age. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get in. And then so my dad, who's a professor at Temple University in Philly was like, I know what's happening here. There's a gatekeeper at that department. Every department at every college, every university has a gatekeeper who's just, he's the guy who's going to let people in or not going to let people in. And yeah. you run, you run into that guy. So you need to go to his office, introduce yourself, go to his office hours and say, you're serious about this. You want to be an actor and, and you want to know how to do it. And if you can make a, you know, contact with them, then, I, I think he'll help you and I'll understand that but, you're serious. Sorry, at this point, did you want to be in, like, did you go to your dad yeah. and say, like, I've decided yeah, now I yeah. want to Yeah, yeah, I think actor. something had, oh, so th while I was not getting into the theater department, I, I had become like a mainstay in that comedy group and I was really right. into it. And I was like, I'm going to be the next Adam Sandler. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I really got, not really, I was never thinking I was going to be an actor, but I always, I thought I would be like a sketch comedy. Like, you'd be on SNL. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Ben Stiller or something. And, um, or the state, you know, one of right, my like, favorite right. like sketch comedies. And then I, I called my dad and he was really supportive of it. And he was like, just go talk to the guy, you know? So I go in, I'm like, Hey, what's up? I'm Adam Shapiro. I auditioned for you twice. I haven't gotten in. And now I'm like, a, I'm going to be a senior soon. And I like, I have to get in so that I could like transfer and graduate like relatively on time. Right. And he was like, of course, Adam, come on, you know, sit down. I, I, I remember you, you know, oh, cool. He's like, sit down right here. I sit down. He sits down on the edge of his desk right in front of me. He yeah. says, Adam, acting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Whoa, this shit. is it. Yeah. He's going to tell me <laughs> what acting, what is. I need yeah. to know yeah. to be successful. He says, Adam, acting is not for everybody. <gasps> but at Maryland, we have 
lighting design and uh, costume design, scenic design. Uh, we have a playwriting program, and I was just like, oh, "Did you? Were my you so God. Oh, I wanted to like crawl into my shirt. I was like, "This is insane." So like, I walk out of his office. He's like, "Thanks for coming in. Seriously, thanks for talking to me." And I was just like, "Wowzers!" So I call my dad on my like Nokia. Wait, I feel like we should like call this dude like right now. Like we should I've like get several, this dude on the horn. I've had several testy conversations with him over the. Past oh, you decade. have. Yeah, have Te- like a- they're still testy. Yeah. Like why? Like, don't you think he would be like, He's dude, like you rival. are in all these cool movies. I've seen you now everywhere. I'm sorry. I no, was that wrong. makes him even more upset. Oh, this there's a lot. To oh, this he still is like, how does this kid success? There's a lot to this. Oh my god, please keep talking but about so, it, even though we're all, like. I, I walk like, out of his okay, office okay. and I'm like, I I whip out my Nokia just to give you a kind of an idea of when this was. <laughs> yeah. It was my first cell 90s, phone. It had that early snake 90s, game on late nineties, late nineties. It was ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah, you yeah. might have been right. Yeah, you're Nokia. Little, you could change. You're the, like a year. You could change the plate. Like you could make it red if you wanted. Yeah, I remember that. And I I call my dad on the Nokia. And he's like, oh, okay. So every college department has like a like a Darth Vader and like a yoga. There's the person who's kind of a champion of the students. And then there's a person who's like the defender of the material. Right, right, right. And uh, you got to find the, the, the champion of the student. And right. so just ask any student and they'll be able to tell you. Yeah. It's not like I go into the hallway. I ask these like two random like, girls. Who's the Yoda? Who's I said the like, Yoda? who's like the coolest professor here that is going to like give, give me a shot? Yeah. And they were like downstairs dark hallway end of the hallway <laughs> coolest professor ever named scott reese and i walk in and i know him because a dude i went to camp with uh-huh. right uh-huh. summer camp was a senior in the theater department in um oh. in a he was in like the tech side of things but he had to take a directing class and he had to stage a movie scene and so he cast me as favreau <laughs> making all those phone calls and swingers oh so good Best scene ever, Best right? Scene ever. And I had done that scene, and he was the professor. And I walked in. He's like, "Hey, you're the guy who was in Jared Paul's." Uh... Jared Paul's, but but by the way, he's like in L.A. now, and he's like a giant, giant music producer no way, and manager. That's so it's cool. amazing. But um, he was like, "No, oh, I remember you from the class. You were fantastic in the scene." And I was like, "What? Really? Oh my god!" That's he's. He said, "What's the problem?" I said, "I was just in." Professor Abear's office, and he's like, "Just shut my door." You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, "He told me acting was not for everybody." He's like, "Okay, okay, all right." Um, what, what's the problem? I told him my, my situation. He starts pulling out Neil Simon plays, wow. any kind of play that had would have characters that would be good for me. He's like, "Go home, read all these." It was like a, it was really like Goodwill Hunting kind of moment. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, um, although I'm like the Ben Affleck. <laughs> guy who just happens to be at the college um i'm certainly not the guy who's like writing on the, the chalkboard genius. like all the information but i uh he he gives me these plays i go home i read him i find a role that i like we work on the monologue for an entire semester he would meet with me in his office just secretly you and this yeah, guy and, and this you professor. and yoda and like darth vader has no idea no idea and then i go back for a third audition oh fuck. and i and i'm like i to this day, I don't remember exactly what I did. You transcended, like like Lawrence Olivier. But I think that's why. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you don't remember something, it usually means you're you're you because you're, no, you're, you're like in the in right flow. place at the right time. Yeah, you're completely like Katie was just hosting uh, Ryan and Kelly yeah. yesterday, and I was yeah, like, "How was it?" She's like, "I don't know." And I'm like, that's "Oh my was, like, god!" Because she was in the so zone. Good at she was so it. She's in just the good zone. at that thing. I know. So um, 
I go in, I audition, I know the playwright, I know the character, I know the play, I've read it. Yeah, yeah. And I get into the yes. program. That professor let me in, but he was going to then be my professor, and he gave me like a C in my first oh, acting class. lame. Ugh. You got graded He told me not to move to class? L.A. Oh he told me that God. I had no, had no shot. But did you have his number? Were you like, I know this dude is like not a, my proponent. Like, I am not going to take anything he says seriously. Honestly, thank God for him, because... I lived a really like lovely kind of um, great upbringing where no one ever told me I couldn't do anything, you know? Right. And like, I never had anybody like be like, no, right. you're not good enough. You're not going to make. So, and I, ne and turns out that's a giant motivating force for me. Whoa. Interesting. Giant. I mean, I, once that guy told me that acting was not for everybody, it's like I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you about this guy. Right, right, this right. Is, this was 20 years ago. Like it made ago. you like laser yeah, focus. This is 20 years ago. Okay. I think about it all the time. So, okay. Oh, God. So, There's so many things I yeah, want to talk he, about. Yeah, as, as my time in the theater department went on, he and I were kind of rivals. And I, and I disagreed with a lot of things he did. He would constantly cast himself in the plays, the student plays, you know. and yeah. You know, or or choose plays where there was like an older guy. Right, sure. And he would play that guy. Mm, right. And I, I, I'd be like... Dude. We're this is not NYU. There's not 70 productions a year. Right. There's like five plays. Right, right. And you're in two of them? Yeah. Like, come, on, <laughs> come on, dude. But he was like a big shot, you know? I mean, he... he... So, okay. So, but and what ha what has your communication been with this dude since? I mean, uh, this is like really off we topic, had a couple, I feel like I have to know. We had a couple really weird exchanges. Um, I thought everything was cool for a while. He like became my Facebook friend. He would <laughs> like like... You know, I would post something about something I was working on, and he would like like it or say congrats yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. And then one day he posted a very critical article about Scandal, oh which was my what my God. wife Katie was on. Very critical, like Scandal has jumped the shark, and it's just not what it used to be. But you know, when you post something on Facebook, it kind of chooses a photo from the article. I'm actually weirdly not on Facebook, but I believe so. On Facebook, okay, there's yeah. like some sort of algorithm. When you post a link, it chooses a photo yeah. from that page, and then that's like the picture and the picture was katie's oh face oh my god and the and the title of the post was scandals jump the shark Ugh. and his comment above it was yup oh my god so like gosh. he posts a picture of my wife with a really and just bashing the show and specifically bashing this one scene that she did that was what the article was he's about. like your aaron burr so like i wrote on his on his post i just said hey man um uh i forget what i wrote but it was just like don't hate you know what I mean? Yeah. And then he DM'd me. He's like, you need to learn how to take constructive <gasps> criticism. Whoa! And I was like, what, what was constructive about that? You just said yup to an article that's just like eviscerating my wife's performance on this one episode of Scandal. He's like, no, I I put it up there because I'm a fan. And I and I do think that it's jumped the shark. And I think it's like, and I'm like, but like, that's my wife. You're Facebook friends with me. You're not allowed to post that. Yeah. It's like if I posted something of your oh wife my on my gosh. Facebook. like. And then he was like, he went off on me and I like defriended him. This guy is probably like in his 60s now, right? I mean, I he's, he's an like old 50s, dude. 50s like, so what though? You're like basically in your 20s 60s. now. I mean, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, 60s. he's like an old dude. Like, get yeah, over it. On, like, get what? Over. You're like a person. So then I like got out of there. Yeah. And then I found out that he was like removed from his position at Maryland. Okay. So I, we have compassion. I'm not for the this only. Guy. No, 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 no. No, we don't. Okay. No, it's like I'm not the only person who thought he was a complete asshole. Like, so they did too. Right, right. So. I mean, this is, like, not, I mean, look, like, I'm, you know, I mean, obviously, this, like, part of this, this, this conversation that we're having, the part of this podcast is about 
consciousness right yeah. so it's not like a very conscious stance necessarily to yeah. like be vengeful like i am on your behalf like i well, feel really like if anything though i really do uh, like i said i thank god for this dude i'm yeah. not like yeah, right, i don't hate right, right. him if he called me today and was like dude I, let's put all this behind us i just really respect you as an actor and i just would like to would be you, you might like, lose would yeah and also let's, let's go. right because you you have you have found it in yourself to like totally understand how this guy has really changed your life for the better yeah and i don't i you know acting's a hard profession and that dude was an actor he wasn't just a professor you now the dude like... the dude that helped me scott reese he ended up marrying me and katie he was our oh, officiant he's still my I advisor he came to see me on broadway he was oh. my first phone call when i booked the show oh i love it he's the best yeah and um but like I with that with the other dude, he was an actor and a professor, yeah. and like acting is really hard. And he's trying to be an actor in DC, and he's trying to get what he can get. Yeah. And you know, like I don't blame he's him. Pissed off, he probably you're like a young whippersnapper who like yeah. decided to be an actor junior year. Yeah, just and like, like, well, I'm gonna try this. And he was like, he was very serious about it, and he didn't feel like I was. Um, and to be honest, looking back at me in college, like I was showing up in those acting classes wearing like my fraternity sweatshirt. Right, like, like he, he would have been, been like, pissed what off the hell at is you with this too. guy? There's yeah. no fraternity dudes in this theater. Department. Um, okay. Um, so that's that. Well, here's what I like about just like reconsciousness. <laughs> what yeah. I like about what you're saying about this dude, the, <clears throat> let's just call him Darth Vader, right? Sure. <laughs> um, what yeah. I like, yeah, have an almond. What yes. I like what you're saying about Darth Vader is that, um, you know, the, you have a really integrated perspective on him, right? So like he what he was kind of Darth Vader, like he was like this real like blocker to you mm -hmm. in college. Um, and he like continues to send like to post weird petty shit on Facebook that definitely is slightly at least aimed at you. Oh like of course. Um, and yet you're also able to say, but he he like changed my life for the better. Like he like in some ways like this enemy mm -hmm. quote unquote is became is your angel in a way because yeah. he gave you the like resistance that you needed to to overcome. And yeah. To, like push through. Yeah. I love that. There's a reason that we were in each other's lives, for sure. Um, okay, so... And he's doing fine. So, it's but like then, big... like, at what point... <laughs> so, okay, so would you say... Okay, so let me just trace this back. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, like, you were doing ensemble stuff just because, like, your mom and, like, you were in thing. And it was fun for you, but it was not a big deal. No. Then you go to the Maryland. But sketch comedy, you're always liking. And then... Um... I was only in two plays at Maryland, but before I graduated, that's it. Wow, okay. So, so I, I graduated very, still very little experience, but the... The best experience I got was my cousin is Bill Pullman, the film actor, right? Oh, he's right. married yeah. into our family. Okay. He's the greatest human ever, him. right? Yeah. And he's a They're, great actor. That whole side of the family. And he's a beast of an actor. Yeah, yeah. And so there was just like this glimmer of like... It can happen. It can happen. Like it, Pullman worked it out. He was just like But like at guy. what point did it... Okay, so... And so, I mean, look, like normally this... You know, I asked this question kind of later, but like this is this is my question now. This is like to be really direct about it. Like, when does it go from, like, something that, like, you're fascinated by, like, oh, wow, acting, you can really train in it, you mm -hmm. can really, like, um, you know, it's like a craft just like anything else, and, like, oh, I have this cousin, Bill Pullman, and, like, oh, like, this teacher gives me resistance to, like, like, why are you an actor now? Yeah. Well, like, has, and, ha and is it different? Like, has it changed? And and what it, caused that to it's shift? It's changed a lot. I don't know. Just in, I don't, this doesn't answer this question remotely, but I, I do think that, um, 
actor is just such a broad term for especially when you get out to Hollywood like I, I just think it for me I always felt like there was a part of acting or a part of Hollywood or a part of theater that I that I could maybe be successful in you know when I moved to LA maybe I thought I would be an actor, but I was just trying to just work in production. I mean, I mm -hmm. I was a PA. I was like Andy Dick's assistant. I was working at Survivor. I was doing like all Whoa, these like that, random. Um, that could take up like oh my 50 God. podcast episodes. Oh but I was, <laughs> I, I had a lot of, um, I just liked the industry and I had been around theater people and I just felt like maybe that would be somewhere I would be successful. But I felt like I, and this is why I'm always like so just amazed by young actors mm -hmm. because I just, I didn't get into acting because I wanted to like, because I didn't feel like I could express myself and I needed to like get into other characters in order to really right. relate, relate to people and express myself, mm -hmm. express my art. That was not me. Yeah. And I know there's actors that are like that. Like yeah, I know so yeah. many actors who like got into acting because like, in their own skin, they're just completely uncomfortable and they don't know how to express themselves. But like you give them a role and they put them in a Shakespeare play and they're like on fire. Yeah. That was never me. Uh -huh. I really liked making people laugh. Yeah. And I was the class clown. Right. And it just was like, well, I, there's there's that part of acting where you can make people laugh. Uh -huh. But I'm never going to like be a real actor. Right. I, I never. In my Do you still feel like that? No. Well, no. So what happened? I just think that like... um as actors, we don't have paint and we don't have instruments and it's just us. So if you don't know who you are or have any sort of, which I didn't for a very long time and I'm still working on that, but it was, it was with every passing year and every passing therapy session and every passing like relationship I had and every job experience I had that like has what I believe like turned me into an actor. Okay, great. So but I don't think I was an actor and I still show up on a set with like real deal actors and think like at some point someone's going to come in from the union and go, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Mr. Shapiro. There's been a mistake. You're not an actor, you know? Okay. So, okay. So now would you say that, um, that part of the reason you're an actor is because it helps you know who you are? Yeah. Um, so it's like one of the weirdest parts about being an actor is like for a long time when you start, you know, let's say you start right out of college, you're just getting cast as things you believe yourself to be a student, somebody who works at a restaurant, a waiter, a barista. I could I could imagine myself doing all those things, you know, <laughs> sure. but as you get older. All of a sudden you're auditioning for something where it's like this guy's a dad in a, and let's say it's just even a commercial. I'm like, I can't play a dad in a commercial. Yeah. Just like in real life, how I'm like, I can't be a dad, right? You know, right. and then all of a sudden uh, there's an audition and you're playing a lawyer, and I'm like, oh my, no one's gonna believe me as a lawyer, you know? So but just now you've played lawyers and dad, and I mean, now I've dad, played but... all these types of roles and gotten over those kind of hangups that I've had, which is right. like, I had trouble even going into the audition. I had trouble emailing my agent back saying I would go in for the audition because. Right. With each step, I'm like, I just am not going to be believed in this role, mm -hmm. and I kind of like, I kind of like take myself out of it. I I choose that I'm not right for the role, right? And like, but then, 
thank God there's been experiences in my acting career where people were like, no, you're playing this. That's that's what you're playing. Like where I didn't I, I couldn't self-sabotage it for whatever reason because of my own self-image. So like, OK. And so- now it has helped me as a person. And then now it's easier to be an actor. And I can imagine I have a bigger scope of like I could be a doctor and so okay but so right because you're you sort of your your understanding of like what it takes to play a character has expanded along the way yeah and i don't and you gain more confidence yeah more confidence and you know i used to be like well yeah i mean i guess i could play like a young lawyer like i would always have to say young before the whatever i was like right right oh i'm like a senator (laughs) oh yeah i guess i could be like a young senator and everyone's like you know like most like doctors are like exactly your age and look exactly like you and i'm like oh wow yeah Uh, i guess so right okay so, like, do you feel like, um, I mean, so, but what you're talking about is, like, like I feel like it's, people could relate to that, right? Like, where, like, at first, like, it feels like, oh, my God, I'm doing. Like, you're an I'm, imposter. I'm doing, yeah, you're an yeah. imposter. And then all of a sudden, then, you know, you keep getting stuff or, like, things keep happening and you, like, start to gain your, start to, like, your, you get, you gain your sea legs or whatever. Yeah. And then um, you start to feel like, oh, I can actually do this, right? Yeah. Like, that's like, like, first you don't know that you don't know, and then you know that you don't know, and then you don't know that you know, and then now you know that you know. You know that you sure. can act, right? Wow. I want, to, I, want, I want you to write that down so I can read that. But it's yeah. just like the four stages of learning, like, like before yes. you know how to drive. You don't, you don't even, even know. know that you don't know how to drive. Oh, when oh, you're right, right, like, right, Albie yeah. doesn't even know that he doesn't know how to drive. Yes. Then at some point when he's 13, yeah. he'll be like, oh, wait, I don't know how to drive. Probably younger than that. And then at some point, he'll start driving, and he won't know that he actually does know mm-hmm. how to drive. And then at some point he'll be like, yep, I can drive now. And I know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think with acting too, I think, um, you know, because it's an art, it is not, you know, I come from a family of teachers and educators and, you know, I think of everything very um, analytically. Right. And mm-hmm. I think like, I would always be really jealous of these actors who just seem to be just naturally just artists and they're like cool and they're like weird. But you are just, kind like, of have, like that though. Right? I, I I never think I, I'm just like, Oh, I'm, I'm approaching acting like it's math and it's not math. And it's taken me a long time to, um, come to grips with sometimes it's just a feeling. You don't have to figure everything out. Sometimes just start saying the line and, and you'll figure it out. Right. And not have to be so analytical about every little part part of it right right and just do it and then at the same time like i was doing this movie steve jobs a couple years ago and i and we were at this bar with fassbender and i was psyched to be like drunk with michael fassbender in a position where i could basically ask him anything i want because so you were psyched in that moment oh my god because like but here's the thing though like a lot of people might might have been really freaked out yeah no i was so what makes you psyched though well or was any part of you freaked out I, uh, cause that was a big deal. You getting that movie, right? Like that um, was like a big, yeah, was awesome. that, and that was like a big movie though. Yeah. So, uh, what's it called again? All of a sudden I'm it was just it. called Steve Jobs. It was just called Steve Jobs. Okay. Yeah. It was the worst but like you're like acting with like these really amazing actors. Oh, it was crazy. And the way that the, that Danny Boyle wanted to shoot the movie, it was very theatric. It was like very much like theater. So I had to be around all the time, even though, like, if if he would have shot it like a regular movie, right. I would have been on set for, like, three or four days, that's it. Right. But because the camera was always moving and there was all these giant one-take shots, I just kind of always had to be there. So I was there for a while, and I got a lot of time with these amazing actors. So, But you know how, like, some people might be like, okay, like, 
you know, cause so, so by the way, let me, let me just, before I say this, like, yeah. did you, when you got that movie, like, where were you re your feeling of being an imposter? Like, <laughs> were you like, holy shit, they're going to find out on the first day of work that like, actually I can't really do this. Oh yeah. Or I mean, you- I walked in just thinking, what what is happening? I, I thought I was being pranked every which way because I didn't have right. all of like the, you know, a lot of times when you book a role, you have, you always feel like, this I'm never going to book this. They're going to go to this guy. These guys are so much more famous. Course, yeah. But then you have the audition and you have your callback and you meet the director and you start to gain confidence. So by the time you're on set, you're like, I got this. Right, right, right. But like, I just made a tape. That tape got sent to London. Right. And then three months later, I got a phone call that I was getting the movie. Wow. So like, I didn't feel like I deserved it or booked it or anything. Sure. I was like, why Why are they picking so me? So then, like, but then that first day on set, and this is why I'm asking this, because, like, this, again, this is not this is not a podcast for actors. This yeah. is a podcast for everyone, and I'm interested in this because I, everyone sometimes has a moment or many years or whatever where they have an opportunity before them, like, that is really yeah. – um, awesome like they get this awesome opportunity and like there's this feeling of like this this opportunity could change my life or this Mm -hmm. like could lead to so many more amazing things Mm -hmm. but like holy fuck like i actually feel like i'm an imposter like maybe i don't deserve this like Mm -hmm. there are so many other people that could do this job and so how do you like what what did you go through in your body and your soul and your mind to prepare to to go from feeling like an imposter or maybe you felt like an imposter all along but you learned to quiet those voices like how did you sit on the set with michael fassbender and feel psyched how how is what was that yeah because i was so nervous in the beginning yeah, what, I didn't feel like tell I me about the journey all. there that's what i'm interested in right here i think i i always tend to ground myself by finding people to talk to and relate to and a lot of times like I was lucky with that movie because I had just done a TV show that we rehearsed a lot of our like fight choreography in the same space that we were rehearsing Steve Jobs. And it was a lot of the same local San Francisco crew that was up there. So when I got up there, there was like the wardrobe assistant I knew from Sensei. And I knew the room, the the space we were in, I was in for like weeks. And so I, I kind of like right off the bat was like, I'm going to try to talk to like as many crew and people. And like, there was a young actor there named Sarah Snook from Australia that I felt like she and I had vibed and we started talking a so lot. So you're like looking for like, like connection, connection. And then the okay. moment I start to like war- if I get any connection with anybody, anybody, like I can start to warm up and feel more comfortable. I just ruined everything. Sorry. My mic. Just like, <laughs> yeah, it just went- Why did I do that? I like ruined everything. I don't know. It felt like it was so close. Went, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the moment you feel connection. Yeah. Um, but I also like, like on my way up to San Francisco, I was just like really feeling super insecure about the whole thing and nervous about it. And and um, so in those moments of feeling insecure and nervous, like, are you calling Katie? Are you I, talking to your therapist? I talked to my therapist. Okay. And I do talk to Katie, but my therapist gave me a really good trick. This is just a one-off. Great. We need these. But I would just like look at my resume whenever I go in for something or whenever I'm about to meet somebody. And like, because a lot of times you do something or you have an experience, but then you, you totally, it's not like that stays in your mind forever. And you build up all these experiences and then you start to think of yourself differently. Like you're still that kid from Abington, Pennsylvania, who's like trying to get into the musical, you know? And so 
uh, it does like fizz. It actually really helps me. When you I look be- at your resume, you're like, "Whoa!" I've I look done at it. I'm like, "Oh, I forgot like about that." Like twenty and that, things. And I did and I'm that. Like, oh, I was good in that. And I did and that. that. Was, right. Yeah, and that I I did that fine, and that was with that guy right. or whatever. And then so I I have I. I and like, do you do that when you myself. look at your resume? So like like sorry like I mean this is how specific I want to get. Okay? Yeah. So like you're so like how often do you look at your resume before every audition? Mm-hmm. Every audition. Mm-hmm. And do you take a physical paper with you or do you look at it on the phone? Or no, do you I look, look at your IMDb? I usually look at it on my phone. Like at IMDb. your IMDb? Yeah. Okay. IMDb and so you go like through that. and you're like, you're like, you sort of to clock every kind of get point at which you felt in it, like an imposter. Yep. And then you like go back to like the product and you're like, actually, I was proud of my performance in that. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, like actually like that person that I was intimidated by. Yeah. I try to that like remember I specific moments where I was intimidated <laughs> and then was not. Right. And like, oh, that happened. Okay, great. That just really helps me because I genuinely forget about, I mean, the moment I'm done a project, it's like it never so happened. So you do this for like five minutes? Yeah. And so after you do this, you feel like, like, oh, like you have a different sense of yourself. Yeah, it just kind of like reframes my perspective on the moment that I'm about to have or the moment that I'm in. Which is, and in, in the reframing is that you feel more confident, confident. more, yeah, yeah, more confident, more secure, n- don't feel as much of an imposter. You know, I mean, I still feel like when I walk into a room, like no one has any idea that I want to be an actor. Right. Like, and I have 70 acting credits. Right. And I genuinely don't you, you, feel you, like I have any. Like you feel like people are just I like, have to oh, look at that. Adam Shapiro, like just some random guy who happens to be here. Yeah. Who's like happens with, to have who's gotten friends this with job. so-and-so and that's how oh. he got into the audition oh, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So you're driving to San Francisco to shoot this movie yeah. and you're like, you're looking at your resume. Flew, you're talking to your therapist. They, oh, they yeah, flew. Yeah, of they course. Flew. I don't know why. I had an image of you. <laughs> Just in a convertible. I don't know. With a scarf. <laughs> of course they flew sure. you. Yeah. I don't know why. I just like, I guess. I did drive up to when I did Sensei. It's so though, funny. I'm so glad you corrected me. Because like, why would you be <laughs> driving? It's a five and a half hour drive. It's a long drive. Like, and like, also, where are you going to park? Where yeah. are you going to park when you get there? Oh my stuff. God. That's hilarious. Um, okay. So you're flying or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm I just, just kind of. I guess I had this image of you like in a car, like in a journey, right? So like you like leave LA as an imposter and you and get then, to San Francisco as like a confident in the movie real version, actor for sure. <laughs> and like the whole way there you're like talking to your therapist you're talking to Katie or like I have a, like thinking or I'm about on a motorcycle and I have like a good friend of mine in the side yeah, car exactly. in the movie version <laughs> but you have like those speakers in your house yeah and I have so goggles <laughs> solid movie by oh the way oh my god such a solid movie like The Journey the call journey. it The Journey yeah just call it The Journey <laughs> or just call it Steve Jobs Steve Jobs That's a good and first for whatever like all the planes are grounded but you still have yeah. to make it there for the first day yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah I gotta get up there <laughs> first get, day. Gotta, and my buddy's like I've got a <laughs> uh, motorcycle with a sidecar and I'm like let's go you're coming with <laughs> oh god okay um so that's movie. one technique. The rest yeah, of the technique. but it was interesting because, and I guess the reason I brought this up because I'm, I'm, I, it's hard to make yourself not feel like an imposter <laughs> when you think that the thing that those people are doing who are real is magic or some sort right. of sorcery. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't matter how many credits you have or how much experience you have. If Kate Winslet and Michael Fassbender are wizards. Right. Then you're always going to feel like 
I'm an imposter. There's, right. And, and by the way, like that's interesting that you say that because it's sort of full circle. Like what interested you about acting in the first place was that you were like, oh, it's a craft. You can craft this. You can actually do it. But, but the somehow you I sort of into forgot about it. Well, it's kind that. of like what you just said, the learning, the phases of learning. So there was a moment where I was like, right. oh, you can just teach yourself how to be a brilliant actor. And then the more I taught myself You're about like, acting, oh, this is I was actually... like, oh, there are people that are special uh, and I'm never going to be one of those. But I could be like, um, closely one of them. I could be like Adam Sandler and then Adam Sandler would come out with a movie where he was like a genius. I'm like, right. oh shit. Yeah. Adam Sandler's one of those special people too, you know? Right. Like, And so I, it was, it, that, that was so hard. So do you feel, sorry, this is a yeah. really like, this is an intense question I'm about to ask you. Good. Okay. Bring it. Do you feel like, do you feel like you're a spe- one of those special people? No. No, but do I'm, you? But do you? But are you able to say like, but I can do the things that those special people can do, and maybe they're not that special. Like, have no, you been? I, what I, what I, where I'm at right now, I think in my process is there are things I can do mm-hmm. that maybe they can't. Mm. And this is a giant kind of industry and art form, and there's room for all of that. And I feel confident that I can be successful in what I do. Even though I'm not necessarily confident that I can do anything or, or everything. Not, right. Not and But so, but like, but you can in, so w- by that logic, with that logic, I don't know what the proposition is. Yeah. Adam, what's the proposition? With that logic, by that and logic, by that logic, by that logic yeah. you could say that like, if, if like you can do something that Kate Winslet can't do, but Kate Winslet can do something that you can't do, you're That's, just as special as her. Um. Uh, well, I mean, that would be nice if that's what I equated it to. No, but I just equated it to I can do something she can't do. She can do something I can't do. And so like, that, so you're just as magic and special. No, no, I don't but... think I just. No, but because but... No, I think what she does is magic is like unbelievable. And I don't think like what I do is nearly as good as what she does. But that's besides the point. <laughs> mm-hmm. When what Fassbender said to yes. me really changed me. what Please I thought. Please tell me. Please because tell I said. Me. I had just done this like fast binge and watched like all these fast bender movies. And he plays like this insane collection of characters. Like you can't believe it. And I said to him, if my agent sent me an audition for your role in 12 years a slave. Yeah. And they're like, so this role, he's kind of like, he's this racist plantation owner. And he's, speaks in this super Southern Georgia kind of Southern accent. And he's a drunk. He hates himself. So when he rapes the slaves, he cries. Mm, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, not going in on that. Like, I can't agent. do it. You'd no just way. be like, I can't do it. No way. Fassbender has Not this. interested in doing it. Can't do it. Won't yeah. be able to go there. Yeah. Even if I tried, you yeah. know. And I'm like, did you just know that you had like a southern plantation owner accent and character in your back pocket waiting for a movie like this? To yeah, yeah. And he was, you know, because you're a wizard and that you would have those right. types of tricks up your sleeve. And he's like, no. Yeah, so what is he? So He said, first of all, any great part in a movie is always going to go to, like, one of these, like, six actors ahead of me. You know, Leo right. or Toby or right. Christian Bale or, you know what I mean? See, He's like everyone at every yeah, yeah. level. Yeah, was like, I can't get any roles in any movies. And right. he goes to um, Ryan, 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 uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, or, no, Ryan, um, 
you know that yeah that's he's so good that he's a gosling thank you gosling Gosling. he's like it's gonna go to ryan gosling it's gonna go to dicaprio but if like my boy is directing the movie and there's a chance and brad pitt decides he doesn't want to play the character in it and then it's open and and i'm there i i read the script find the best possible role for myself fight like hell to get it and then Mm. when i do get it then i figure it out Mm. and nobody works harder than me Mm. once i get a role and i was just like wow it it was just not what i was expecting so but he's so but so okay so and what blew your mind about that because wait i'll just tell you what blows my mind about it is that well not necessarily but like what i would want you to take away from that is that he's not a wizard he's not a wizard he's not a wizard that is what i took away from okay great i was like Oh, he just works his ass off. Right. Right. That's what I do. Right. It's not, it's not rocket science. If you need to learn this southern accent, there's people who out there who can help you. Right. You hire them and you and you work it. You just really work really hard at it. Yeah, yeah. And we hadn't done like the table read for like the next part of Steve Jobs yet, and then we went and did it and he was completely off book for like 70 pages wow. in the Steve Jobs character with the Whoa. American accent. Just at the table read. At the table read. So just for people who don't know, like the table read is like the first, first thing you do. First it's day. Like, like sometimes day. you've never even felt a real paper script before, right. let alone having right. had one and and made choices and memorized it. Right, I mean, right. So and, he's like he's like already like months ahead of the game. Yeah, doing and Aaron that Sorkin, who wrote the movie, was like, don't... Because he said, yeah, I'm ready. And he pushed his script kind of out to the middle of the table and said, Let, let's begin. And then Aaron Sorkin was, was like, like, no, read, read the, the page. Words. <laughs> I'm Aaron Sorkin, and that's kind of my thing. Yeah, the like words. I need and you to read like, the actual let's words. begin. Yeah. Because he and Sorkin had already kind of had like a little fight. And oh, wow. I think he wanted to prove to him that he was ready, and he... Was he was unbelievable, so, and so was Sorkin. There was this like big gap, like ten seconds of like silence in the middle of the table read, yeah, because it was my line, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, and I you was, were like, just like watching, just him. like staring at him, like this is one of the best performances I've ever seen in my. I've never seen anything like this. Wow. And then I was like, oh fuck, fuck, you know. And I was like forty pages away from the from my line. <laughs> it's not like I had that many lines. Right. That was embarrassing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That was really um, okay. So it like took a while for me to find the page, and then and then Danny Boyle was like, "Why don't we actually take it? This is a good time to take a break." And I was like, "Ah, um, okay." You know, yeah, you're like, then oh, you're just like, I blew it. Oh. Like I blew everything. I know. And then so then after that happens though, because by the way, like I know, like look, this is years later. You've yes. now like started on Broadway. Like you're like so. like your career has gone really well. Okay. But like like so like in those moments where like you're sitting in a room with people that you really who you really admire and want to be like and learn from and like you feel like you know you're the youngest guy there or like whatever the least experienced like maybe you're the imposter and then you kind of blow it right so this isn't a big deal you blew it right but you like you lost the page and yeah yeah. it's a big deal and Aaron Sorkin's there and he's really like particular about Mm -hmm. like rhythm and like all of that and you like drop the ball and then the director's like let's just all take a break break. it's actually a perfect time for a tea break so then how did you recover from that like like during that break where you just like fuck I I'm getting fired like I'm such a loser I like or like now- I said it, it's immediate like I have to just say it uh, you know I went up to I remember specifically going up to John Ortiz and being like are you kidding and he was and then John Ortiz you know creator of the Lab Theater yeah, in New yeah, York great- best friend of Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. genius actor yeah. he was like dude and he like told me like some super embarrassing story about about him. a table read and I was yeah. like immediately 
brought back. You were. And, it was it, that quick. Like it was just like It was during that. the tea break. So that, by the way. I remember it so specifically because Fassbender started making everyone their tea and asking what people like in it. Oh. And I don't drink tea. And I was just yeah, like, yeah. Whatever, you, whatever you do, Fassbender. Right. Okay. So, but, but like similar, like you, you're saying about like that movie and stuff, like, you know, or just in general, like you make, when you feel sort of, you have some anxiety, you, you try to connect with the crew or, or yeah, with, with anyone you like know. Could, so yeah. in that, it, like with John Ortiz in that moment, like you connected with him and you felt a lot oh, yeah. better, like yeah. instantly. In, yeah. It was by the time we got back. Okay, so then, then you have to, but then you have to go back into the table read, and you have to then re have your focus again. Yeah, and you have to like still be an actor, like sort of be in the moment, which is this really like nebulous thing that like seems like all actors know what that actually means. Right, um, but we do because like yeah. that's sort of our job. And so, how do you go from like? Like you blew it, then John Ortiz makes you feel better, but then you have to go act again, right? How, did you, and like and because this is this is what we're doing on this podcast. This is what I'm interested in. It's like yeah. how do like regular old ass people, like all of us are, right? Yeah. But some of us are actors, and others of us are dentists, and others of us are stockbrokers. Yeah. Like how do we? How do we? Um. N how can we be? in our lives and be the best that we can be and how can we deal with the fear of the unknown and how can we like operate how can we operate as our best selves in times where it's important to be our best selves yeah Ooh, baby. So how did you do it? So you go to you sit back at your seat at the table read. And by the way, if you want to veer off into like your opening night on Broadway no, in the I th in oh, waitress, I think, like I think what is, in those moments, like what's your process? I think what I love about theater and acting, whatever, is that a lot of times it's not like that audition back in college where you just jump up when you feel like it's your turn. Right. You know, it, right. No, and, no, and you have a time. You, like, you have a time you're and the there's, it's you're time. Next. The curtain is coming up and right. you're on stage it's and places the curtain's up and, and the light's yep. on you and you go. And then you have like 20 minutes later, you have that scene that you've been scared of and it's in a yeah. live studio. And so if I step back from that, I think one of the things that drew me to theater and acting is the immediacy and the pressure because mm. without that sort of, immediacy and pressure if i don't put myself in that position i'm not going right and i'm not going to be the best i can be i'm not going to succeed so i think part of for me be doing what you just said is putting myself in the best position to do it right because i'm never going to do it you know it's like i said yes to the audition and i said yes to the job which were both really scary but i knew then if i got it then there's no you don't have a choice you kind of have to you're it's time and so but so so what what is so enticing about fear for you like other than it, that it's a motor yeah, i don't know because i definitely don't like it you know it's like when i was about to go out for my first scene of my first broadway show i mean it was like this past summer when that um curtain went up and i was on yeah like, i was shitting my pants yeah it didn't feel great right but then when does it feel great? Like when you're done? Right when I like right when I'm like a couple minutes in. A couple minutes in. Yeah. Then you feel like you can oh, like, yeah. then it this feels great. Supposed, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But that 
that time leading up to it. And, that, and so what do you, how do you navigate like the, the shitting in your pants part? Like, how do you, like the moment before you walk into test, the moment, but when you go back into the table read where you already blew it, like for me, it's just, I think it's just gaining as much experience as possible and not just in what you do, just experiences in life. Like what? Tell me about that. I, I, I think like, you know, it, for me, it's so, when I do something once, I'm really nervous about it. And then the next time I do it, I'm like, not even half as nervous. Right. Right. right so right, right. a lot of times, and now that I know that about myself, I just know that about myself. If I'm really nervous for something, I say, okay, that's okay to be nervous. Okay. So that's a big part of it. Because is it's going, this is really going to help me next time. So, so this is so, but so first you have to know that you're nervous, right? Yes. Oh so my first God. you're like, you can't be like, I can't nervous right now and then start hating yourself that you're right nervous. like that's like the worst thing you could do is just be like i don't want to be scared i'm not scared i'm not scared <laughs> this isn't a big deal i'm and just like going on broadway tonight. Yeah, yeah yeah so you have to first be like whoa i am really i'm shitting my pants I'm right really now shitting my pants. right you have to say that first i'm yeah shitting my pants. you have to be honest with yourself and i think or like i feel like an imposter like you yeah. have to identify yeah. what's really going on for you yeah and then you have to say like okay it's okay yeah. It's okay to feel like an imposter. Everyone feels like an imposter sometimes. It's okay to be shitting my pants right now. It's a perfectly reasonable reaction to the fact that I'm about to go sing and dance in front of 2,000 people yeah. or whatever yeah. um, for the first time. Yeah. Um, so we identify, we say like it's okay, and then what? And then I just do, for, for me, I just, and then I just do it the best I can in that situation. And then like most of the times the nerves get me. They get you. Yeah. And what does that look like? Just underperformance, underwhelming kind of experience. You know, it's like every time I've ever gotten to a new level of our business, uh-huh. I always just completely tank whatever it is. The first time. Uh-huh. Second time I feel way better and then I'm good. But how do you go from like tanking it the first time and then to being perform- able to go to the second Yeah, one? that's because that's a hard thing. Um. Like if you, you know what I'm saying? Like if you, oh, let's say you have six scenes in an episode of a show, right? Yeah. Or, and again, like, let's like expand this. Let's say you have, you have four job interviews before you get the job yeah. and you tank the first one, but then magically you get called back for a second interview. <laughs> how do you go into the second interview without thinking about how you tank the first one? Well, from an acting perspective, but I think for any perspective, I, from any whatever you're involved in you know for acting it's actually a little easier in that i get to it sounds so cheesy and corny like what you would learn in your class but go back to the story you're telling Mm. so you're not nervous about your character having to go in and give this diagnosis to his patient in the hospital that's not what's making you nervous. Right. You're nervous because like this big director's in the room and you as an actor are walking in and you really want this job. Right, you're right. Not, right. You've already lost the job at that point because you're not thinking about the scene. You're not thinking about who you're talking to. You're not thinking about... Right. And the times in my life where I've... That I'm... At my non-acting stuff, my other work, my other experiences, if I go back to like what it is this is all about. Right. Because... Normally the nerves are never have anything to do like with the Broadway thing. I remember having to be like, I'm so nervous as an actor, as a person to go on this stage to this big audience 
in this thing that I've revered for so long, Broadway, right. and now I'm a part of it. And, you know, you start building it all up. None of it had to do with the scene where basically I go into a restaurant and get this girl to go on a date with me. Right. And so you so kind of... So what I did was like the old school, like, where am I coming from? Who am I? What's my relationship with this girl? Right. What are the tactics I'm going to use to get her to say yes to this date? Uh-huh. And what is my motivation behind needing this date with her? So that's preparation. Yeah. Right? And so all of a sudden, I'm not thinking about the, the, so, the mean, audience it, and my it, parents it, and the Broadway and the stuff. Right. I'm thinking about this moment. And I think the same is like, you know, you get that second job interview. It's like, well, why do you want the job? So here's, but, okay, so here's my, okay, right. So like two things. Like one is, you know, the person who gets the second job interview, they could similarly say like, this isn't about me like being a successful person. This is about my feelings this about, about this job and what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, I want to connect with the person that I'm sitting across. Why do across. I want this job? Exactly, right. Where and am I coming from? Exactly. Like I'm just here to explain who I am and what this job means and, to and me. And looking at your my resume in the beginning of a of a class, of the beginning of an audition, is that. It is remembering where am I coming from. Right, exactly. But no, I'm but, not just walking into this room from, from... But And this is work that you've done beforehand. Yeah. Right? So you've essentially, you've practiced what to do in those moments where you're nervous. Yeah. Like, and... like what you can pay attention to other than the thing other than your nervousness. Yeah, like I know I like to um like fill my days and have like a really good conversation with somebody I really like and who's positive before something I'm know I'm going to be nervous about. Love it. So like if I'm going to something I'm really nervous about, a lot of times I'll call my cousin Daniel who like really makes me laugh and he's just like an eternal optimist and he's really cool and he just puts me in a good headspace. Because then it's like, it's like, okay, this was my other question. It's like, because it's sometimes it's really hard to go from a state of anxiety mm. um, into, you know what? I'm an actor. I'm here to tell this story. This is my moment before. Or, you know what? I'm here for the second job interview. All I'm mm -hmm. here to do is to pitch the, the, you know, the, the, my company. Yeah. And like, here's what I'm here to do. You know, like sometimes it's hard to like the mechanics of going from, I'm really anxious right now to you know what i'm just here to do this job it art is that's tr tricky those mechanics are tricky sometimes yeah it is hard i mean i i struggle with it all the time i mean I so but so one of the things you do is but like first right like you we work on lessening our anxiety are you like in you call yeah your so cousin i go to Danny. therapy i go to therapy i talk i have friends who i know i can go there with and talk about that type of stuff uh-huh and i'm trying to like figure out how to deal with anxiety on a more regular basis as opposed to like just, now I'm anxious and I got to put this fire out. Right. Now I'm anxious I got to put this fire out. Right. Just in general and I and I've like tried all these things and like right now I'm my dog is snoring in the background. Oh, Do you yeah. hear her? Oh. That's what that is. <laughs> you're boring loafy. Yeah. I <laughs> like right now like I have found yoga I try to meditate, although it's like so hard for my brain to do that, yeah. which I think it's probably hard for everybody. Yeah, sure. That. That's the point of it, I think. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but I but I love yoga. It's like gotten me like breathing again because I just kind of hold my breath all so the time. So you're doing yoga every day? Try to. Okay. At your house or you go to classes? Yeah, either the class or at my house. Okay. I can't get to a class. Mm -hmm. But it, it turns out that's like a really great thing for me. And it's basically people have been telling me I should be doing yoga for like 
20 years. Yeah, and yeah. like this year, I finally like. Great. Because I was so, talking about feeling like an imposter. Like when you walk into a yoga class for the first time, you're just sure. like, oh my God. Normally you're like the only guy in there. And yeah, yeah. You just feel like you're just, I mean, I've never felt more out of place than I have like walk into it. Now I go in, I'm like, this is my place. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, but that's so great. That but I think for that. me, that has been the biggest thing about like dealing with anxiety and being able to like overcome the anxiety about certain issues is just a general sense of like knowing who I am a little bit better. And that that's one of the things I really love about being an actor is I've gotten to feel like other people a bunch and feel certain things that I never would have put myself as in a, in a position to do or say. Right. And it gives you a lot of perspective on yourself. Like, right. Um, yeah. So tell me though, like, I feel like this perspective that you're talking about, I mean, another word for it could be consciousness, right? Like, yeah, like we can widen when you, when you have a more comprehensive, um, understanding of who you are when we have more of a comprehensive understanding of who we are then things don't bother us as much right like the nervousness like when we know our own nervousness and we know our way in it into it and out of it yep. like the nervousness doesn't seem to matter quite as much yeah right yeah i mean does that is that your experience a hundred percent and then the also, more i get to know how i can i can start to predict i'm gonna be really nervous tomorrow for this thing yeah Okay, and so then, and we're we're like yeah. we're gonna wrap up soon. But I just bef I, because we've talked a lot about nervousness, I just want to talk about like another feeling that can be really oh, yeah. difficult to 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 feel, and that is like the f feeling rejected. <laughs> so like, how do you how do you cope with rejection? Because you've been rejected, right? Like, I mean, like I feel like I've never. But here's my thing with rejection. I, I tell this to young actors that I meet with. I tell uh, like, I just... Like for the person who doesn't get the job after four interviews, mm -hmm. you know? The... The... I always try to um, have this perspective on what I do, which is... Uh, it's a lot like being a car salesman, being an actor, Right. If I don't get this thing I'm going to go to the audition for after this, right, mm -hmm. then I am not rendered unemployed at that point. I am a professional actor. I have a job and a career and a and a company, which is me, right? Mm -hmm. And if that if if someone walks into a car dealership and they ask that that car salesman for a, a yellow version of the car and they go, "Oh, well we've got actually everything but the yellow. We've got the red and the black and all that stuff." And the person's like, "Yeah, it's just not what I'm looking for." I want the yell and they walk out, right? That car salesman is not now unemployed. Right. They they they're not they don't cease to be a car salesman anymore because right. that person didn't find what they were looking for in that in that shop, right? And I think of that as from from my perspective as an actor, which is I'm a professional actor. I have a full-time job. And I think when people think that they don't or they aren't um, full time. I know a lot of people who say like I'm an out of work actor, and I'm like, well, then you, that is what you are, right? Because you're saying that, right? Exactly. Right. Or I'm in L. A. because I I'm a I'm a wannabe actor. I'm a wannabe actor. I yeah, go, yeah. well, no one's going to hire a wannabe actor, right? They're going to hire the actor, right? Well, but I'm not working as an actor right now. Doesn't yeah, matter. you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not working as an actor, then you're not working as an actor. 
you can be working as an actor. So to have the mentality that if this guy doesn't want it, fine. I'm I'm still a car salesman. I'm going to sell one of these cars, right. right? You could have a bad year and you could have a great year, but you're still this is what you do. Right. Then that person walking out of that car dealership is not rejection. That's right. not rejection. Okay. And so for me like if I don't get a part, I, I didn't get rejected. In fact, in Hollywood, I think we're even helped because right. we never hear the word no. Okay, I No love, one ever calls and says, you didn't get it. By the way, you're absolutely right, and I love it, and you totally reframe my perspective of, of that word. Um, but let's... But you want to go deeper no, into... No, I want to go into disappointment. That's what I really want to talk okay, about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because rejection, right. For, I just genuinely... Right. I never feel like anybody's rejecting. I love it. I love that perspective world. on rejection, and really what I want... The feeling is more what I'm interested in... It, um, of disappointment, but you, but that's such a great distillation that you just. I, I think just like anxiety, yeah. I, I, it's so important that you're just honest with yourself that you're disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I have the biggest disappointments in my life have come from when I didn't get a role. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't come out of rejection; it just came out of I wanted to do that. Yeah, you know, and like, um, like you worked really hard on it. I worked hard. I, it was mine. I felt like the character. Yeah. I might have even been told I was going to get, you know, promised sure. or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And um, uh, I think the the most important thing for me in those, I, I am just like to, to even be talking about this, like I have any sort of authority over this because I mean I break down and I get really upset about sure, stuff. Sure, of course, I, yeah. And I um. You know, that think, doesn't mean you don't have authority over it, by the way. Yeah. Well, right, 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 <laughs> maybe, maybe that means you even have more authority sure, over it. Sure, but I, I think that um, once again, just as a person, as an actor, it's just not a bad thing to feel that. Mm. It's just not a bad thing to go there. Mm -hmm. Like there was this one movie I remember. It's called Short Term 12. And I had done the short version of it. The, mm. the, it was a, a short film and mm -hmm. it won Sundance and it was like a really big part of my early life as an actor mm -hmm. i became really good friends with the director and then he finally got the money to make it into a movie and then the movie fell apart we made a different movie and that one was really successful and then we finally got the movie to make short term 12 the feature yeah. and i was attached and i was in the um trades i was gonna be in this movie and then like two days before we started shooting he had to call and say that i was replaced with Ronnie Malik. <sighs> right for whatever reason, it was just the the producers who came on. There was the, these people came on to finance the movie, yeah. and they knew Rami, and that was the part that they wanted him to play, even though it was my uh, part from yeah. for the past six years. I was yeah, that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I cried. I mean, it was like of I course. broke up with my girlfriend. I was devastated. Yeah. And and the director was too. Dustin called me. He was crying. It was like a really emotional. Yeah. It was like saying goodbye to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And um. I was devastated from yeah. it, and I don't know. It's like does it still hurt I'm right now so... talking about it, or have you? Yeah, but it 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 doesn't to be honest because um, I I forget what it was, but while they were shooting that movie, I booked this really awesome job, right? right and I'm like, right. I couldn't have. I couldn't have gotten that. this if I was doing that. Right, I couldn't right, have had this experience right. or known this person if I was doing right, that. Right, right, right. And I also just like I'm just I don't know. It's it's like with this guy from college, you know, this professor. Like yeah. I'm just grateful that I went through that. No one died. It was fine. How long does it take to go from the crying, um, 
a deep, deep, deep discipline and a feeling of loss to the gratitude for that loss for you. How long does that take? A while. And like what, like weeks, months, years? Months I guess it depends. Years. For yeah. that one, maybe months or years. Right, right, right. It did take me a while to like reframe and be like, I'm glad I had that experience. Right, I had of my course. heart broken. Yeah. And I actually haven't experienced heartbreak that much. So I'm kind of glad I got that. And so what do you do? Like, so you cry, you like, how do you, um, like, what do you do with that feeling of loss? Like in your body? Like, what do you work out? You work out, you talk to your therapist, you look at your resume. Like, what do you, you know, like, what are your techniques? Are, I don't know. I think. For me, it's always been just creative. Like normally, something. normally the thing that gets me out of something is making something. Right. And right, a lot right. of times for me, it's like it, it's something that's super tangible that I can do. Right. You can't depend on someone hiring you as an actor. You don't know when that's going to happen next. Right. But like I so there's like a lot of things I've developed. And now that I look at them, I'm like, oh, I did that out of like being super depressed like in like that year. Yeah. Like I learned how to play guitar one year when I was really depressed. I learned how right. to edit. And just became like super into like editing film and then right. graphic design. And I like, I'm on Photoshop like every day doing something. Right. I'm always making something. Right. And uh, normally for me, that, those are the, the, those are the ways that I eventually get out of it. So it's, you just channel. To get, get inspired by something and then lose myself in something else. Great. Oh my God. That's so, but it's not, so it's not, you know, I think for me, that's what it is. But unfortunately also for me, I'll, I'll, I'll like just not deal with, deal with anxiety and not realize I'm doing that and then I just have like some sort of physical breakdown at some point like what you get sick yeah sick or back spasms or weird weird shit right because that's that's just like sometimes we have unconscious anxiety yeah where you don't know what's happening and then yeah, we, all of don't, a we don't even know that we don't know and like all of a sudden like I went through all of Broadway going this is easy yeah I got no anxiety whatsoever and then the day it ended I got like a physical like ailment what'd you get like a stomach sick it, no it was like this thing where i like feel like i have to pee all the time oh 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 this we were just talking about yeah that. oh wow oh. and i went into the doctor and i said hey i'm having this really weird thing i feel like i have to like pee in my pants you know that like, moment when you're time. like in the car yeah. and you're like honey we need to pull over immediately anywhere i'll pee in the worst bathroom in america i just have to pee you know yeah like it felt like that for like two weeks straight wow. all the time. I was just like, I can't. I, so I was, at what point I did you make doctor. that connection though? That, well, that I went maybe... into, the, I didn't make that connection. I was just like, something's weird, you know? Yeah. yeah. Didn't think like, oh, this is weird that it happened the day we got back to LA or right. the day the show ended. Right. And the doctor just was like immediately like, have you been stressed about anything recently? Whoa. Have you had wow. like in the last couple months, anything that was like really stressful for you? Wow. And I was like, oh my God, really? You're asking me that? Wow. Yeah, I did a Broadway show and then I had a one-year-old and then we, we lived in a different city and then we had to move back home and like yeah. quit all of that. Yeah. That yeah. all happened in like the last week. Wow. And she was like, oh yeah, that's what it is. Whoa. So it's just totally. Because she was like, it's not a. a there's like, nothing physically wrong with there's you. There's no like urinary infection or anything like that. So then do you take this experience into the future and say like, whoa, I better be mindful. Yes. I, t I had this conversation with my therapist. You she did. said, when you get home from this show, you're going to have a crash. You had a crash after this movie. You had a crash when you when that show got canceled. You had a crash when you did this. Just know you have a crash. And I and I didn't. I was like, oh, you're wow. like, I'm cool. I'm fine. I didn't have a crash. Do you feel like you're in a crash, though? Or do you just feel like you have physical symptoms? 
do you feel emotionally like you've crashed? So, but wait, a little should, bit, yeah, yeah. And by the way, we're we're gonna wrap up. Soon, I'm in it right now. I am in the crash. You're because right you don't seem crashy. Well, I'm I'm here. I'm right, really right. That like you we're asked me to be here. we're like this hanging out. It's oh great. Oh my god, I would have. But just... like, what is a crash? Like, what does crashy look like for you? <laughs> like, are you sad? Yeah, really sad. Really, you feel depressed. sad. And then this s- is not an easy time to be happy. Like in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, just on the way over here, I was like. People whose kids got shot in a mass shooting are being evacuated from their houses because they're about to burn down. Right. <laughs> this is the Thousand Oaks shooting. Whoa. Just so yes, yes. Yeah. This is a different time. Yeah, yeah, than yeah. people will be listening. But yeah, I'm I'm just like more susceptible to feeling that. Yeah, right now no, like I it's in the air. It's yeah. in the air. It's yeah. in the air. Literally. And yet you have to go now you have an audition. I don't know what the audition's for, but you're like on your way from here. It's to an, an audition, audition that I've been like really dreading and I put off a bunch because right. it's for that show Man in a High Castle. Oh yeah. And I'm playing a Jew who's now in a world where Hitler won. Well, that's pretty crashy. So that's not gonna be easy for me today, but but in a way, maybe it is, right? Because... Maybe it could be cathartic. Maybe. I, I. Anyway, whatever it is, I said I would do it. I was right. like, I need to do Your it. Guy. Because I had another audition a couple of weeks ago that I bailed on because it was yeah. it was about a, a um, Holocaust. And you're just like, I it was, can't it was do it like, right now. I, I don't was want to. I was going to be in a concentration camp. I was like, no. <sighs> no, thanks. I've always wanted to play like a really inspirational like World War II Jewish character yeah. who like overcame this horrible situation or died or whatever and, and tell that story. Yeah. I just can't right now. Yeah. 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 It's there's it's you feel because you just feel like there's too much sadness. Yeah. Just too much energy. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Do that. I understand. I, I really understand that. that. Like imagine that flight to like Poland to go shoot that. Ugh, I know. No, thank you. I know. I know. I'm I know. I just I know. want to do a sitcom right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. And you have to like and <laughs> by the way this is really important though too because like. The, to know that. Yeah, it's really important to know, to really like know, know it, know what you're up for, know what you're not up for, and then give yourself permission to, to be, be like, up I'm for not, or not up for I'm those a, things. Yes, I used to just do it and then do a terrible job and then hate myself for going into the audition and doing a terrible job because I was underprepared. Totally. And there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, like you're trusting your gut. It's going to lead you to the job that you should be yeah. in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you don't want, like what if you get the the Poland job and then you're not on the map for this something else, man, something else, or the Man in High Castle job, where yeah. like, this is the one that is gonna like whatever. Yeah. Um. And and yeah. So we just the last thing I'll say on that is that um my my esteemed baby daddy fiance yeah. Jim Jim who's Houston, so inspiring who's so great. and cool. Yeah, he's great. Um. He uh he says that he tells young people to quit more. That's his thing. I was fascinated by that. Oh, did he say that to we you? We talked other day? about it oh. a little bit. Oh, okay. I at, didn't realize. At brunch yeah, so the other he's day. just like quit more. Like, there's nothing wrong with quitting. Like, it used to be like you go to a job, you stay there for forty years. Oh my, like, don't be a quitter. I've been thinking about things he said to me <laughs> at brunch on Sunday all week. Oh, that's so sweet. All week. That's so sweet. Um. Well, I'm sure he'll listen to this podcast and be like, God. Adam Shapiro is so inspiring. <laughs> no, but you are. Thank you so much Lee. for being here. Was this there is anything the else? Did we do like? Is there? Is there? Okay, one last thing. That's yes. why I always ask. Are there resources that you can recommend to people, like classes or different kinds of therapy or like YouTube videos or books that you, that have changed your life in some way that you feel like people could benefit from in the world? Obviously, not like you know the acting book, but like a book about just like becoming, just feeling like good in the world i never read any book no that's okay you don't have to read a book 
I mean, um, I'm just, but there's no, you don't have to answer this question even. And maybe you'll think of something later or whatever. But like, I'm just wondering, you know, is there anything that you, like when someone's like, I feel really shitty. Is there something that you say like, go watch this or listen to this podcast or read this book or whatever? I think it's like, for me, it's always been music. And then therapy now. I'm like just so into therapy. So into therapy. I love having that. I love having that there, knowing that it's there, knowing that it's coming up, knowing that this thing's frustrating me, but like I don't need to like freak out about that because I'm going to be able to talk about it on Friday. Right. It's just nice. Like there's so many therapy dates. Right, right. There's like so many benefits (laughs) to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Regardless of like what even happens in the session, just knowing it's there. I just think that, you know, our. For me, like everything is about connection and relationships. Mm. And then m- with my own stuff, it's always about music. It mm-hmm. always has to be like some music that helps mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like inspires me or, or I just become like obsessed with and listen to on repeat almost obsessively. Yeah. But um, I think that, you know, especially now, I just know. And maybe just because I'm older and this is what happens when you get older. But I, I do think that we live in like a weird time mm-hmm. with social media that our relationships with each other have become uh, very surface and um, you feel like you have more friends because you have all these connections, but you're having barely a a moment of real communication with a lot of them for long, for like these long stretches of time. And I just feel like, and I'm like more into social media than anybody I know, but I do feel like um, that's why it's so important that I have therapy and that I know that that's happening and that I pay for that to happen totally. because you have to, I, I don't think that like 50, 60, 70 years ago, you would need as much therapy mm. as we do now mm. <laughs> personally, because you talk to that person, you right. talk to your friend, you do let out your feelings. People so it's like a way of ensuring that we it's just like a way of ensuring that there's still a deep human connection and someone who's listening okay so here's my last question how do you know that you're deeply connecting with someone and how do you know that you're listening Ooh. this is my last question it's a short answer just just answer it in like 10 seconds you're like how do you know because like we talk about this on the show a lot right we say like like a lot of people say that like one of the things that the benefits of acting is that it teaches you how to listen right yeah and 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 a lot of people talk about connect connecting right as being a really really um hugely important thing for them in their lives when they're thinking about like how to be yeah. happy and stuff is connecting. You talked about connecting with people. Like, How do you know, like what is the feeling in your body or, or how do you know when you're available to really connect with someone or is it about being available? Like how do people connect? Oh man, that is like such a big question. I don't know. I just get a feeling. Yeah. And then now you also have like a physical sign. If the person doesn't look at their phone the whole time you're talking, like you guys are connecting. Hmm. Great. <laughs> like That's we actually have answer. a physical, yeah. like a flag. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, oh, this person's done talking to me. Right, right. Like they're right. checking their phone right now. Right, right. I right. just know, like in the, in the conversation we've just had right now, I haven't even thought about looking at my right. Phone so like you haven't it. thought about looking at your phone. You haven't thought about looking no. at the time. Yeah. Or like, we've been looking at the time because we want to get you I here to been. your audition. Yeah. They're, they've been looking at the time. They're like, guys, let's let's go. The time is singing. But we, we're like, we're like pretty, like, yeah, 
So that's a sign that we're connecting. I think so. There's so many distractions. If you can get through a full conversation without not having any distractions, I think there's been a genuine connection there, Great. right, Kat? Yeah, I think so. We've connected <laughs> for sure. We always do, though. Yes, we always do. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Pleasure. It's so, Thank you. I, it's so great. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at I am Kat Foster and reach out to us using the hashtag ActingRealPod. For links and recommendations from this week's episode, visit ActingRealPodcast.com. Episodes go up on Mondays. Subscribe to the show and rate and review us. It would mean so, so much to us if you did. This podcast is produced by Hanami Sutton and Chris Mako with technical assistance by David O'Hara and music by Sean Hokanson. We love you guys. We really, really do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.